Donald Trump, take the land. The president wants a border wall, he wants it black, and he wants it by election day. President Trump is so eager to complete hundreds of miles of border fence ahead of the 2020 presidential election that he's directed aides to fast-track billions of dollars worth of construction contracts, aggressively seize private land via eminent domain, and disregard environmental rules, according to current and former officials involved with the project. He also has told worried subordinates that he will pardon them of any potential wrongdoing should they have to break the laws to get the barriers built quickly, the officials said. Trump has repeatedly promised to complete 500 miles of fencing by the time voters go to the polls in November 2020, stirring chants of finish the wall at his political rallies as he pushes for tighter border controls. But the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers has completed just about 60 miles of, quote, replacement barrier during the first two and a half years of the presidency, all of it in areas that previously had had border infrastructure. So the president of the United States is essentially telling his administration, break the law, I will pardon you. Break the law, I will pardon you. Get my my wall built. I don't care what you have to do. I don't care what law you have to break. I don't care what water you have to contaminate. I don't care what air you contaminate. I don't even care if people have to die. Get the wall built so I can win re-election. And I will pardon you. This is what dictators and fascists do. But it gets better, folks. But that's not done. Not only did the president say he and and instructed his officials to break the law. He is instructing his EPA to basically blow up the planet. The EPA is deregulating one of the most climate-destroying greenhouse gases. This from Vice. The world is on fire, all the ice is melting, and the Trump administration wants to turn up the heat. On Thursday, the Wall Street Journal reported the EPA will announce a new plan to deregulate methane emissions by the fossil fuel industry. The EPA's plan continues continues the rollbacks of moderate Obama-era policies, eliminating requirements that the industry monitor and limit methane leaks from newly constructed wells, tanks, and pipelines. It would also pause efforts to regulate existing sites. While methane, the primary ingredient, ingredient in natural gas, only accounts for 10% of U.S. greenhouse emissions, it is around 25 times more potent than carbon dioxide, meaning that it heats the atmosphere significantly more quickly than CO2. Some scientific estimates indicate that it has about 80 times more potency than CO2 in the two decades after it first enters the air, though it doesn't stick around as long. According to the American Meteorological, Meteor, Meteorolo, Meteorological Society, record levels of greenhouse gases were released in 2018, and a NASA study released in January found that the con- contribution of fracking to a recent spike in methane levels was substantially larger than previous thought. Likewise, a Cornell University study released earlier this month found the chemical fingerprints of fracking all over the methane spike. So. Literally, you have the President of the United States is telling his administration officials to break all laws, to ignore all environmental regulations, to build his wall. 
the totally unnecessary, totally racist wall. That's not going to work. Simultaneously, he is trying to peel back the, the useless and pathetic and totally insub- not substantial enough regulations we currently have where pipelines really don't have to record uh, leaks or spills. The, the level where they are forced to is absurd. They should, have to, uh, they should have to report all leaks, small or big. What this president wants to do is essentially make it so there are no regulations for natural gas pipelines. And by the way, natural gas, the phrase natural gas is a fossil fuel company public relations campaign because there's nothing natural about these pipelines. Fossil fuels and, and these pipelines are not natural. So if you and your community, if you already know of toxic climate, climate demolishing pipelines, what this president is now pushing his EPA to do is basically have no regulations, none. The dearly departed David Koch would be in heaven. Well, he is now in hell but he's probably smiling from his grave with these EPA regulations going away. And make no mistake about it, folks, methane that is emitted not just from the actual pipelines, but from the compressor stations of these pipelines, because all pipelines, all natural gas pipelines, have big compressor stations used to keep the pipeline and the gas at a, at a, high, a high pressure those emit methane from the compressor stations. So methane isn't just emitted from the actual pipeline that's moving the gas, it is emitted from the um, compressor stations of these pipelines. The reason I bring all this up, and, and I could go into 20 other stories about Trump. He literally told his administration officials, let's just nuke hurricanes so we won't have as many hurricanes. Let's just nuke them. He doesn't understand the difference between climate and weather. So I set all this up because regardless of the danger of Trump, his base is absolutely loyal to Donald Trump. His base is just as fervent as they were in 2016. The polls might show that his approval rating is at a very, very poor number. The polls might show every single, currently, Biden, Bernie, Warren, Harris, and Buttigieg all beating him. But the polls also showed Donald Trump had no chance of becoming the Republican nominee in 2016. The polls also showed that Hillary Clinton was going to spank Donald Trump on election night. Pundits and journalists laughed at the thought of Donald Trump becoming president. Couldn't happen. The data and the polls didn't support it. Well, polls are not always, not always a guarantee. The reason I bring this up, it's going to be difficult to beat President Trump. Yes, there might be a recession. There might be a recession that sours some of his supporters 
on Donald Trump. There might not be. There's a lot of things that could happen between now and a general election, which is in August to August, 15 months from now. We, as a society, if the most important thing is to beat Donald Trump, we as a society are going to need somebody sharp. We are going to need somebody energetic. We are going to need somebody with a a fervent, with an energetic base of support. We are going to need somebody that on that debate stage can point out and expose Donald Trump as a fraud. We are going to need somebody who can talk over Donald Trump, which is hard to do. We are going to need somebody that is not just energetic physically, but energetic mentally. This is not um, me mocking Joe Biden. This is not me trying to get clicks at the expense of Joe Biden. This is me as somebody who, as somebody, if you follow my work, I am very passionate about the environment. I am very passionate about, against uh, the climate catastrophe. I think four more years of Trump would do irreversible damage to our planet. And I do want children, and I don't want my children coming into this world with another four years of Donald Trump. I don't want Jen's kids to have to grow up under four more years of Donald Trump because the environmental damage would be so severe there's, there's other damage he will do as well. But to me, the environmental damage is the most important thing of Donald Trump. You cannot run Joe Biden against Donald Trump and expect to win. And both the Democratic establishment, the media, and frankly, at this point, Joe Biden's family are playing with fire and doing a disservice to him and the country by not having him drop out of the race. This is from yesterday. Because they invaded another country and annexed a significant portion of it called Crimea. Right. He's saying that it was President, my boss, it was his fault. He's saying that it was President, my boss, it was his fault. That the volume on that video when it was shot was not super strong. So if you didn't hear it, he forgot or was struggling to remember President Obama's name. He was about to say President Obama and he forgot Obama's name. So he said, President, my boss, Folks, you can, you can make excuses for a candidate. Traveling is hard. Sometimes they think they're in Portland. You know, sometimes they say, oh, you know, I'm in Los Angeles when you're in San Francisco, whatever. This is cognitive decline. I have spoken with medical professionals, two medical professionals. They have not diagnosed him because they're not, he's not their patient. But they have said, the clips that I sent to these medical professionals told me I'm not going to say any diagnoses because that's irresponsible but they did say he looks like he is in cognitive he's having cognitive issues if Barack Obama is Joe Biden's best friend he can't remember the name of his best friend he can't remember the name of the president 
that he just that he just served with this is this is an absolute iceberg right ahead for those of you that didn't see me sunday i will play you this clip with joe biden and an iowa um uh, I, I think he was having a local interview in iowa here we go a position where they're on a uh uh, on Medicaid, they automatically be enrolled with no cost. In addition to that, we also have a mechanism to control drug prices. You know, the, it's, it's not, we're no longer using chemical-based things. All this thing re dealing with cancers and other issues relating to the immune system are bio-oriented. They're very expensive, and we should set up a system, as I propose, which I will for, if I'm elected president, that allows the folks at HH, the, the, the folks at Health and uh, the, the health department. In that one clip, in that one clip, Joe Biden could not say the word mechanism. He forgot the name of the Department of Health and Human Services. He tried to say the name of the Department of Health and Human Services. He forgot what it is. So he just said the health department. There were other words he was stuttering over. I mean, it's clear as day, folks. Clear as day. But everybody wants to sit with their head in the sand and pretend what's happening isn't happening. And I just want to show you just a quick Google shirts here to show you how, how much the media is covering for Joe Biden, not covering not covering what's actually happening with Joe Biden, but covering it up. Here we go. Joe Biden forgets Obama's Look at this. He's forgetting Obama's name. The only sites to pick it up are conservative sites. Town Hall, Daily Caller, LIJ, News Radio, Red State, Daily Caller again. There is no non-conservative media picking up what is happening on video. This isn't a conservative or progressive issue. It's not a neoliberal conservative issue. This is an issue of the person currently leading in the polls is not cognitively well. I say that again, I I'm sorry to keep putting it as a disclaimer, but I want people to understand. I, I personally, and some of you might feel differently, I don't wish anything poor uh, health-wise for Joe Biden. I mean, I'm not, that's just not the type of person I am. I, I don't wish anything negative health-wise for him, his family, or anyone else. But I, I do wish to defeat Donald Trump. And, and I don't know how you could continually see event after event, speech after speech, city after city. He doesn't remember where he is. He doesn't know what city he's in. He is stumbling over words. Meanwhile, his wife is going around telling people, you know, just hold your nose and vote for my husband. Even if you like somebody else more. His wife spends more time with him than anyone else. I'm not, I'm not uh, criticizing Joe Biden as a person, but she must see what we're seeing on, on camera. 
And by the way, if the establishment asked Joe Biden to drop out, I'm not saying, oh, they have to uh, then, you know, rally around Bernie Sanders or whatever. If they want to jump back on the Kamala bandwagon, if they want to jump on the Mayor Pete bandwagon, if they want to get Hillary out of the woods and run Hillary again, the the establishment's going to do what the establishment's going to do. But I cannot believe any talk of, oh, you know, our main priority is defeating Donald Trump. If your main priority is defeating Donald Trump, having somebody who's clearly going to be embarrassed on a debate stage, having somebody that as he further goes on in this campaign and the stress of the travel and the speeches and the media pressure, he's going to be sounding worse. The, the campaign ads against Joe Biden write themselves. All you would have to show is literally these speeches, these stumbles, and say, I'm Donald Trump and I approve this message. That's it. Now I have to pick, take on Joe Biden because, frankly, the advertisement that he put out using his dead wife, his dead daughter, and his dead son, although I want to be very, very clear with you, I want to be very, very clear with you, I don't think Joe Biden purposely put out this ad to, um, as a cheap way to use his grief. I don't like Joe Biden politically. I don't like his policies. I don't like what he has voted for. And I think he's fraudulent in what he's telling the American people. But I am not going to sit here and say his grief isn't real or what he has gone through. He lost a wife. He lost a daughter. He's lost an adult son. I am not going to say that's not real. And I am not going to say that he, it is unfair for him to use that in his campaign. People's personal struggles, obstacles, is part of their life story, and their life story is part of their campaign. So my criticism of this ad is actually not that he did the ad and that he did this ad. My criticism is it plays fast and loose with the plays fast and loose with facts, and it also. He probably didn't intend for this to happen. He actually made the case against his own health care plan. And I'm going to explain why. And no one in the media has pointed this out. Here, if you missed it, here is Joe Biden's uh, TV ad that he put out uh, about the, the loss he has had in his family. I was sworn into the United States Senate next to a hospital bed. My wife and daughter had been killed in a car crash. Lying in that bedroom, my two surviving little boys. I couldn't imagine what it would have been like if we didn't have the health care they needed immediately. Forty years later, one of those little boys, my son Bo, was diagnosed with terminal cancer and given only months to live. I can't fathom what would have happened if the insurance companies had said for the last six months of his life, you're on your own. The fact of the matter is, Healthcare is personal to me. Obamacare is personal to me. When I see the president try to tear it down and others propose to replace it and start over, that's personal to me too. We've got to build on what we did because every American deserves affordable health care. I'm Joe Biden and I approve this message. We have to keep it real. When Joe Biden says, I cannot imagine what it would be like if the insurance company 
said you're on your own for the for the last six months of his life he's right because he wouldn't he didn't have to imagine it like millions of americans would continue to have to imagine under the health care plan that he's proposing bo biden and by the way we've reached out to the biden campaign to get some answers to some of these questions bo biden if, if you're not familiar died of a brain tumor joe biden's son he was a member of the Delaware Army National Guard and was a major in the Judge Advocate General Corps. He was in the Army. Uh, again, obviously you respect his service and he's no longer with us. He was a member of the Delaware Army National Guard. I don't know for certain because Joe Biden's campaign has not responded to us, but my assumption is being that he served, he probably had health care through the VA. So even in the last months of his life, he would have coverage as part of having served. And he should. If you served in the military, you should. Even though the wars are ridiculous, even though the wars are stupid, that doesn't mean we don't support the soldiers who fight them. So Joe Biden, when he says, I can't imagine that what would happen if the insurance company said you're on your own? You don't have to imagine it. Because he had insurance. There's another reason Joe Biden probably didn't have to imagine it. Doesn't mean because Bo Biden, for those of you that don't know, was the Attorney General of Delaware. He was the Attorney General, Attorney General, Attorney General of Delaware. And his term ended at the beginning of 2015, at the beginning of January 2015. Okay? Well, he died in May 2015, so he died only five months later. Well, immediately after ending his term as the Attorney General of Delaware, he joined a major donor to the Bidens and the Obama's law firm. This is from uh, January 2015, just five months before he died. Former Attorney General Bo Biden didn't waste time finding a job. Biden, who left office last week ahead of a planned campaign for governor, will work at a law firm, uh, work as a lawyer at Grant and Eisenhower, Eisenhofer, the law firm by Stuart Grant, a prominent Democratic donor and the plaintiff's lawyer who represents institutional investors. Biden will work in GE's Wilmington offices, the firm announced Monday, and getting to, I think, the more important part, Grant, who's, this is Grant's firm, is a friend and a significant donor to the Bidens. Grant bundled between 200000 and 500000 for the re-election campaign of President Barack Obama and Vice President Joe Biden, Bo's father, in 2012. Grant wrote a 10000 check to Bo Biden's political action committee, BOPAC, in August and gave another 10000 to a political action committee backing uh, Den in October. Den is the candidate who became the uh, Delaware Attorney General after Bo Biden. So, again... When Joe Biden says, I can't imagine what it would have been like if the insurance company said, you're on your own, he didn't have to imagine because his son 
I'm not saying Bo Biden, uh, it's no disrespect to him. His son probably worked hard. His son had a, had a strong resume. You know, Delaware Attorney General, obviously a lawyer, all these things. Most Americans do not serve in the military to then have health insurance through the Veterans Administration. And most Americans, if they left their job in January, whether they got fired, whether they quit, whether they had health problems, or their term ended, if it's a job that you're in a term, wouldn't then get the next day a prestigious job at a law firm that just so happened to have donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to Barack Obama and Joe Biden. Most Americans don't have those built-in advantages. So when Joe Biden proposes a expanding Obamacare, by the way, with very little specifics on how he's going to expand Obamacare. When Joe Biden expo- uh, proposes a public option, which again, a public option is not universal guaranteed health care. It's not. What Joe Biden is trying to say with this ad that He can't imagine what would have happened with his son. Of course, I just told you, he didn't have to imagine. His son was in the VA, and his son got a job the next day, or right after he left office as Delaware Attorney General, by a family friend and heavy donor to Biden. Most Americans don't have that. And just to to make it clear, when Joe Biden, in this interview with CNN, is literally... Literally, without even knowing it, talking against for-profit health care. Here we go. And so I was having lunch with the president, and he was the only guy other than my family I confided all along in everything that was going on with Bo, because I felt a responsibility to do that so that he knew where I was, my mm-hmm. thinking. And um, I said, uh, you know, my, my concern is, I said, if Bo resigns, he has no, there, 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 there's no nothing to fall back on, his salary. And I said, but I worked it out. I said, but Jill and I will sell the house. We'll be in good shape. And he got up, he said, don't sell that house. Promise me you won't sell the house. I, he's going to be mad at me saying this. He said, I'll give you the money. Whatever you need, I'll give you the money. Don't, Joe. Promise me. Promise me. I said, I don't think we're going to have to anyway. He said, promise me. And then I'll never forget the eulogy he delivered for Bo. He just made the case for Medicare for all. Biden is literally saying we would have to sell our house to help Bo cover his medical bills. Under, by the way, this was 2015. So Obamacare existed in 2015. The problem is when you have a for-profit health insurance industry, even with Obamacare, even with a public option. It doesn't guarantee the costs of chemo and hospital stays and cancer treatment will be covered in full because there's no price controls in a for-profit healthcare system. This, you just heard it on the tape. This is from Biden. This is the Washington Post. On this very topic, over the next two years, Bo submitted to a range of powerful treatments, and throughout it all, Obama was at Biden's side. 
when Biden mentioned during one of their private lunches that he might take a second mortgage on his home for the family's medical bills, Obama got up from the table and put his hands on his friend's shoulders. Don't do that, Obama told him, as Biden recounted in his memoir. I'll give you the money. I have it. You pay me back whenever. The Biden family never needed to avail itself of Obama's generosity. That's according to the Washington Post. I don't know how they know that Biden never took him up on it. We cover, we reached out to the Biden campaign to say, you know, did the vice president um, take financial help from President Obama? There would be nothing wrong with it. If I were in the position, I, I would have too. But we reached out to get answers to these questions. They haven't responded. He's literally doing an ad saying, thank God. I can't imagine what would have happened in, if in my son's final months and day and weeks and days we had to worry about health insurance you're right there on the tape say, admitting you did have to worry about it yeah you were gonna have to remortgage your house in another interview he talked about possibly selling his house to cover Bo's medical expenses and by the way this isn't a criticism of him that's what that's what families have to do in a for-profit health care system that's what he would have been forced to do but luckily, his son, again, I, I, can't, I don't have confirmation of this because I, 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 we reached out to the uh, Delaware Attorney General to ask them if even after Bo's um, term was up, if in Delaware government, maybe you get to keep your health care for a few months after your, after your term runs out. So we've been responsible. We've reached out to Biden's campaigns. We've reached out to the Delaware Attorney General's office. We have not heard back yet. I'm not saying Joe Biden intentionally exploited his son or, or his loss. I do respect his loss. I know Jen does too. I would. I, I don't have children, but I can't imagine losing two children. I can't. So I totally sympathize with his loss. We don't have to be barbaric just because we disagree politically. With that said, your health insurance plan that you're talking about keeps for-profit health care. So with your health insurance plan, you could say, well, there's a public option, so people would be covered. But anyone who has read about public options knows the public option does not guarantee health insurance. It doesn't. I will criticize the corporate media till the cows come home. But when they deserve credit, I will give them credit. This is a pretty good Washington Post story. As he campaigns for president, Joe Biden tells a moving but false war story. Joe Biden painted a vivid scene for the 400 people packed into a college meeting hall. A four-star general had asked the then vice president to travel to Kunar province in Afghanistan, a dangerous foray into godforsaken country to recognize the remarkable heroism of a Navy captain. Some told him it was too risky, but Biden said he brushed off their concerns. We could lose a vice president, he said. We can't lose many more of these kids. Not a joke. This is what he was telling a, a crowd at one of his campaign stops. The Navy captain, Biden recalled Friday night, had rappelled down a 60-foot ravine under fire and retrieved the body of an American comrade, carrying him on his back. Now the general wanted Biden to pin a silver star on the American hero who, despite his bravery, felt like a failure. He said, quote, sir, I don't want the damn thing, Biden said his jaw clenched and his voice rising to a shout. Quote, do not pin it on me, sir. Please, sir, do not do that. He died. He died. The room was silent. 
This is the God's truth, Biden has said as he told the story. My word as a Biden. Except almost every detail in the story appears to be incorrect. Based on interviews with more than a dozen U.S. troops, their commanders, and Biden campaign officials, it appears as though the former vice president has jumbled events of at least three actual events into one story of bravery, compassion, and regret that never happened. Biden visited Kunar province in 2008 as a U.S. senator, not as vice president. The service member who performed the celebrated rescue that Biden described was a 20-year-old army specialist, not a much older Navy captain. And that soldier, Kyler J. White, never had a silver star or any other medal pinned on him by Biden. At a White House ceremony six years after Biden's visit, White stood at attention as President Barack Obama placed a Medal of Honor, the nation's highest award for valor, around his neck. The upshot? In the space of three minutes, Biden got the time period, the location, the heroic act, the type of medal, the military branch, and the rank of the recipient wrong, as well as his own role in the ceremony. One element of Biden's story is rooted in, actu in an actual event. The vice president did pit a medal on a heartbroken soldier, Army Staff Sergeant Chad Workman, who didn't believe he deserved the award. In Afghanistan, he was moved by Staff Sergeant Workman's valor and selflessness, which is emblematic of the duty and sacrifice of the 9-11 generation of veterans who have given so much across countless deployments, Andrew Bates, a Biden campaign spokesman, said. Bates described honoring and recognizing those who have served our nation in uniform as one of Biden's most solemn obligations during his long career, and he added that Biden has devoted himself wholeheartedly on multitude of overseas trips. Biden, 76, has struggled during his presidential campaign with gaffes and misstatements that hark back to earlier political troubles. So this is where the Washington Post loses me because the Washington Post, again, is covering for Joe Biden. These are not gaffes. Political gaffes are like, oh, I put my foot in my mouth. Oh, I said something I shouldn't have. This is somebody who cannot, who cannot remember key details of events, who doesn't know that he's in New, ha New Hampshire and says he's in Vermont, who forgot President Obama's name during a speech last night, who forgot after two mass shootings in 24 hours, who forgot where they were. He said they happened in Houston and I think Michigan. They happened in El Paso and Dayton, Ohio. Now, some establishment people say, well, Jordan, look at our current president and his men mental issues. Well, so you want to so you want to run one person who seems to be growing senile against another mentally deranged person? Cuz Trump's got a lot of mental deficiencies, but one thing is one thing I don't see with Trump, to be fair, he has energy. He's not forgetting he's not stumbling over words. He's not forgetting cities yet. That could change. I don't know any political mind or anyone who is being honest and pure that their, their first priority is to defeat Donald Trump that could honestly say this person is the best suited to beat Donald Trump. Forget the polls for a second. Again, 
The polls at this point had Hillary Clinton far ahead of Bernie Sanders. The polls at this point had Hillary Clinton far ahead of any uh, Republican, Jeb Bush or anyone. The polls could say one thing, but are those polls going to stay strong when, if Joe Biden became the nominee and all the focus is on Joe Biden on the Democratic side and he's stumbling over words, he can't remember things, and in, it's possible in speeches he, re, he forgets full sentences. His campaign and the chance to defeat Donald Trump would be over in that instance. Completely over. This is serious business. This is why I set up this whole live stream talking about Trump trying to dismantle the environment, Trump trying to basically give a green light for his officials to just totally disregard laws, totally disregard environmental regulations, seize property illegally via eminent domain, just, just to get his wall done by election time. This man is not going to be easy to be, to be defeated, but I feel we are in a similar boat because I think anybody but Hillary Clinton could have beaten Donald Trump in 2016, and I think we're setting up another election where any other credible candidate, I don't know if Warren would beat him. I don't know. Actually, I think Warren had a, had a, has a decent chance to beat Trump. I don't think it's a sure thing that Warren would beat Trump, but I think she has a better chance than Joe Biden. I think Bernie Sanders, by all the data, has the best chance to beat Donald Trump because Bernie Sanders Bernie Sanders' base also has very similarities to Donald Trump's base. People making under $50,000 a year, working class people, people with just high school degrees, which is the majority, which is the majority of Americans. That's who Bernie gets the most. Bernie is also doing very well among African-Americans, which you need. Hillary Clinton had 5% less African-Americans come out for her in 2016 than Obama had in 2012. Not to mention 5% less Latinos in 2016 than Obama had in 2012. Not to mention 6% less aged 18 to 29 than Obama had in 2012. 